Welcome back to Just Roll With It, the podcast where we check out all the games we haven't had a chance to play yet. This week we bring you the fifth and final episode of our game of our Pantheon Legends. It's been a bit of a wild ride as our gods, Eden, played by Cory, Aquinius, played by Peter, and Briar, played by me, Kelsey, have built their world and watched it grow. How can it fare as we look to the future? Tonight we will find out. As a quick note, since this episode does include our wrap-up discussion, this game has had an update since we recorded it. Our opinions are based on the version we played, not the most recent one. If you want to check out the current version for yourself, head over to dwoboil.ishtad.io to pick up your own copy. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. So Briar, that means it's your time to pick a chaos card. Okay. Which should bode well for us, because every time Kelsey picks a card, we end up having to discard six. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 43. Oh. Oh, you're going to like this one. Am I now? Yeah. When drawn, discard this card. There is no chaos event. Oh my god. Oh, I don't have to choose things? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Aww. Uh, (laughs) The wedding! Ooh. There is a wedding or your world's equivalent of a celebratory union between individuals. Choose who it's between. Ooh, who do we want to have a wedding between? I know who I would choose, but it's not my turn. Is it two of the squirrels? Oh, I'll take suggestions. I petition for the squirrels to marry the squirrels. Um, I was going to say... I, I I mean, a squirrel marriage would be pretty amazing. Union. You could have Kronk there making spinach puffs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was thinking that someone from the fish people and a and a person from uh, Draken or from Draco fell in love during the the festival of friendship. That does sound really good. I like it. Alternatively, someone from the fishing village and a sea serpent could have fallen in love. Love. <laughs> marriage is what brings us together today. Yeah, I think we can go with one of the fish people and one of the uh, sky pirates. Amazing. Now you just have to create the individuals. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Not naming things. Your worst nightmare. Yes, I hate naming things. Someday that will be when I am GMing something. That will be a challenge I give you. What? Naming someone just to see you all squirm. James. That's a terrible name. Try again. Jim. God, I have to make a fish person and a sky pirate? You do. Unless you really want to delegate that to somebody. I feel like we're getting close to the end here. We could probably delegate a little bit. Yeah, if y'all want to help me with names, that'd be great. <laughs> to behind the name! Woo! Varric. Varric and Elandra. Solid names. Yeah, those are good names. And I didn't need to go on behind the names for them. Well, look at you. I know. Aren't I wonderful? You're something, all right. Mm-hmm. You are indeed something. Seraphine. Kiram. Lissa. Mm. Stanislav. Siok. Dillis. Issa. Vespasianus. <laughs> I thought Vespasianus was banned. It's not not banned. <laughs> I know it's not officially on our list, but I feel like the general vibe I've gotten is that uh, Vespasianus is just a cursed name that's not allowed anywhere else. It is a pretty cursed name. 
Walganes. That is a name. Apparently. It is the Latin form of, of uh, Gawain, or Ga- Gawain, from, is it Gawain and the Green Knight? Yeah, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Gawain, okay. Welsh. Schwartz. Briella. Nadia. Briella is pretty. Christoph. Winifred. Farvold. Timothar. Theofried. Anastasia. Ahmet. Yumi. Spiridon. <laughs> Apparently that means basket, and that is such an odd way of saying basket to me. It really is. Well, Greek. Anya, but spelled A-N-J-E. Well, any of that got you? I like Briella, and then... Hmm. Oh, Briella and Lissa are the ones that are standing out in my mind. I see. Do they have any... Uh, special place within each of their societies or are they just among them? Mm, I think I'm leaning towards just among them. Where does it take place? So hot springs are off limits because moon. Um, <laughs> so maybe on that sort of constructed island since it's their kind of shared shared area. Nice. Cool. How does it complicate things between two or more groups? How would it complicate things? I think it kind of just adds a new layer to the uh, relationship between these undersea people and uh, Draco, the, the pirates, which is maybe making things complicated for our fishing village over there that's kind of getting on people's nerves. <laughs> All right. One new tradition is cited as starting at this wedding. Oh, gosh. Um, what new tradition could start at a wedding? Maybe some sort of kind of mixing of uh, traditional foods or drink or something that uh, gets kind of adopted into both cultures more. Is there maybe a new mixed drink? Yes. Made from liqueurs uh, from both societies? Yes. And it's now a wedding thing? Yes. I'll have me a flying fish. Yeah. Oh my god, (laughs) yes. Yes. Uh, who's trying to stop the event from happening, and why? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Who would try to stop this from happening? Does anyone else have any thoughts? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm trying a blank. Jaded ex-lover. That's exactly where my brain went. I mean, that's always a good call. <laughs> maybe it's a, it's a yeah, jaded ex-lover from yeah. the other sea kingdom. Who is set to marry the, Ooh, the other person. yeah, I like that. And now tensions are rising in the ocean as well. Yes, I like that one. We're already... Kind of iffy after that one girl got kidnapped, but ah heck. Mm-hmm. So which one is from the ocean, uh, Briella or Lissa? Uh, I think Briella. Okay. Now I'm just seeing a newspaper. Tensions rise beneath the waves. <laughs> all right. I think that's all the questions on the thing. Mm-hmm. Which means, Briar, you now get to decide a thing. Oh no. <laughs> Okay, um, what do I want to do? What should I put on this map? Let's see what else is on the list that we haven't done much with yet. We don't really have any ghosts or vampires yet. We don't. Nope. It's true. That would be a good place for some ghosts or vampires. Hmm. Don't really have anything off on this side of the map. There's a lot of the map we haven't covered yet. (laughs) Yeah, I know. All that, that those planes underneath 
the Sky Elf Island. It's just empty. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of what I should put out there. The entrance to the underworld? A vampire castle. Is that out here or is that in the mysterious lake? <laughs> mm. You're making it. So why would there be a vampire castle in yeah, the lake? Yeah, that seems really silly. <laughs> Don't you know Dracula can't swim? I meant the entrance to the underworld, Peter. <laughs> I mean, it could be there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's kind of... <laughs> That is kind of catching my attention now, honestly. Having the entrance to the underworld supposedly be in this lake. Do it, do it. How do I symbolize that? Stairs. Or a diving board. You have to do a sick flip into the underworld. (laughs) I would never get there then. Well, I mean, the underworld is where people aren't meant to go when they're still living, so it's an effective deterrent. True, true. Those are not very good-looking stairs, but... So this is what happens if Poseidon (laughs) becomes the god of the dead. (laughs) I like it. Okay, so, questions. Who is the first person to successfully go to the underworld and come back? And why did they go down? Oh, hmm. Hmm. Go straight up Orpheus and Eurydice, but if Orpheus didn't fuck it up. (laughs) It's up to you, man. What if Orpheus didn't do the one thing he was told not to do? (laughs) What if Orpheus knew to keep his fucking mouth shut? And trusted his wife. (laughs) Okay, so I need names again. Malakiri. That is indeed a name. Trying to remember some of the ones on that list you all said before. (laughs) Spiridon. Remember Anastasia? Spiridon. Hell yeah. We can use that. <laughs> so Spiridon, the person who went down, or the person who... who uh... I think the person who went down. <laughs> Where's Spiridon from? Uh, I think he is from... I want to say that farming village over there. It's kind of near the lake. Okay. I think my question is, uh, what challenges did Spiridon face to, pr- to uh, bring his love back to the surface with him hmm. okay what would be an interesting challenge here um i feel like there has to be something you have to be able to find in order to go down under the water for like like that do you have to find something that would allow you to breathe maybe a certain flower yeah the death blue that is indeed a name i like it Mm-hmm. me too Okay, that's my question. Who was the first person to ever fail? Ooh. Ooh. And what consequences did they have to deal with? Oh, gosh. Good questions. Um, name generator, don't fail me now. Generator, don't fail me now. <laughs> uh, I want to go with the name Odran. O-D-R-A-N. Okay. And what were the consequences of failing? Ooh, are you just kind of cursed to be a ghost if you fail? Ooh, that's pretty cold. I mean, I'm down with it. Until you can, like, I don't know how you do it as a ghost, but, like, until you can somehow work your way back in (laughs) or prove you deserve to be let in. Dang, okay. It's like, no, you couldn't do it before. Why should I let you do it the easy way now? Curse to roam the world. 
as a ghost until they proved they were worthy of the afterlife. Damn, okay. Yeah, we got an underworld and a ghost. <laughs> and a general idea for ghosts existing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn, these poor phantom strangers just doomed to ro- roam the earth. They're just a poor phantom stranger. <laughs> I was just talking about DC's phantom stranger. I know, but then it started me thinking about uh, Wayfaring Stranger, which is a song. So I did the thing where I showed them together. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyways, I'm going to draw a vampire castle over here. Do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. How did the person who owns this castle become a vampire? How did they become a vampire? I think they made a deal with a malevolent being for eternal life. And the being was like, all right, deal, done. Uh, I want a soul every year. If you don't give me that soul, uh, you'll also die. Because you need their blood to survive and I need their soul. So, fair trade. Maybe like every year. That makes sense. For every year that you continue to live, I require one soul, or you die. Okay, um, I have to ask a question, I guess. How do they get these souls? I think at first they tried to find like criminals or volunteers or whatever. Um, people who they believed were truly sinful. And now it's just like, eh, whoever I can manipulate into giving me theirs. Sounds like a vampire to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something, something, no ethical consumption under vampirism. <laughs> hey, when Corey and I did a vampire thing, that was a fairly respectful. <laughs> no ethical consumption under vampirism. I mean, yeah, Mona's still a vampire. Like, still True. needs people to live. Just because she thinks she's trying to do it uh, the most ethical, most ethical way she knows how doesn't mean that it's not still kind of mm-hmm. hinky. Even if you have permission to drink from them. Ethically killing people is still killing people. But what if you don't kill them and they consent? This vampire was told he has to kill people, so... Fair. (laughs) What if he didn't kill people means he dies. Fair. I guess that makes it my turn. Shit. I have a vampire castle over there. You know what? We need vampire hunters if we're going to have a vampire castle. So. Indeed. I'm going to make a village over here. I think it's it's an extension of the university. It is, uh, the little village around it has become a village in its own right, like a city in its own right. And not only are they famous for learning and for uh, staffing the university, they are who fight the forces of darkness including these malevolent entities and vampires. What's their greatest tale of heroism? What is their greatest tale of heroism? Uh, I think it is of Katya Philandros, uh, a knight who is, uh, of course, is blessed by Eden, both a skilled tactician and warrior, and she fought uh, a dark being that came to, uh, this is when the town was, was fairly nascent, that was taking off people in their sleep, first causing nightmares, and then uh, after progression, these people who caught were caught in the nightmare had, were sleepwalking out into the forest, uh, where, of course, terrible things happened to them and they never returned. Katya tracked down this malevolent being and excised it from the world, saving all of those who were still trapped in the nightmare back in the town um, and cementing a, a small 
order of uh, fighters because it's the only thing I can think of. They are called the Dawn Guard. <laughs> the Dawn yes. Guard, you think? <laughs> they are. Were they were they created by Sir Dongar? Uh, no, they were just created by Katja Filiandros. I, I just said, geez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, like, she recruited. She may have recruited some some Sir Dongar, I guess, eventually. Who knows? Who can say? It was lost to the annals of time. Has anyone ever abandoned these hunters? That's a leading question there, Kelsey. <laughs> Who smooshed the vampire? Yeah, that's that's where uh, we're getting. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You want a vampire smooch? All right. You knew I was gonna go there. Don't <laughs> pretend you didn't. <laughs> I am shocked. This is my surprised face. I am. I am certainly aghast <laughs> and did not see this coming. Inspired by my own game last night, in which one of my characters freed a vampire. I think. Uh, their name is Estrella, Estrella Verdi, and they were raised in this town, probably raised as a hunter, but the vampire is a master manipulator and seduced her and probably ended up giving her soul to the bad, malevolent creature. Let's just be realistic here. Yeah, so that's that. So that means uh, Tarcanius is your turn for a chaos card. Yes, it is. To the player, they choose a tile before moving on. I choose <laughs> Corey. You just said you haven't done one in a while. It's true. I didn't. Okay, what do I do? Choose a tile. I4. I4. Oh, no. <laughs> a region within that tile is flooded with water oh, or some no. other liquid-like material. What sort of liquid is it? <laughs> oh, gosh. I feel like it's the ocean. I feel like due to some other undersea, maybe some... Something to do with the uh, the war that's brewing between sea kingdoms. Uh, the sea's reaching up and maybe not only grabbing that tile, but the tile below it. And like a sort of moat almost around this vampire castle. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh no, <laughs> these poor vampires. <laughs> yes, yes, the poor vampires. Who will think of the bloodthirsty vampires? Who will think of the poor vampires? It's okay, they still have an egress for now. Well, that answers the next question. What is the scale of the flooding? Here we go. It takes out two whole fucking parts. <laughs> uh, who witnesses it? How do they recount the event? Well, the sea, uh, the sea society definitely sees it. They see, like, I think the breaking of uh, the uh, rock beneath the continent. I think probably some sort of undersea weapon was deployed. Uh, or maybe uh, an undersea serpent weapon was deployed, and uh, basically I'm thinking like a gyrodos hyperbeam that like slammed underneath the, the continent like started breaking oh, no. it apart uh, and the seawater just rushed in to fill it. And yeah, the, so the sea, cre- uh, the sea Society bore witness to this and the vampires are bearing witness to the flooding. And also the, the sky elves from their little vantage point up there could see everything going on. The sky elves are looking down and are like, huh. Fuck, we have to adjust our maps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. What is the special property of the liquid? It's seawater. So it has all the properties of seawater. What is revealed or hidden by the flood? Ooh. Maybe with uh, the ocean evening out a little bit, uh, something is revealed under the water that would have been over here. 
Um, Five more sea monsters. <laughs> Uh, no, I think uh, I think the sea society finds an entrance to an underwater cave this way. I don't know what's inside there yet, but oh snap! And also, whatever was on those tiles is now gone. It's cool. I was going to put a bunch of like orphanages there, but I guess I guess not. Why would you put orphanages next to the vampire house? Well, there's a lot of dead families. <laughs> I'm to suspect Arcadius doesn't have the the have the best interests of the people at heart. Me too. <laughs> Again, I was inspired by Greco-Roman gods. What made you think I ever had them? <laughs> Same. What do I want to do for my last turn? Uh, well, let's put an Archimedes <laughs> death ray in D4. Damn, I um, thought I was uh, making dangerous, <laughs> cre- dangerous items. It's my last turn. I gotta, I gotta go out with a bang, you know. <laughs> no, um, I am going to put a. We have a lot of cities. We have a lot of villages and towns and stuff. You know what we don't have? We don't have, like, a full-on metropolis. So I'm going to create another, another like a full-on metropolis in, in these three squares over here. Big, like, thinking like um, like Athens kind of thing. Like, if, if this was, like, ancient Greece, you have, like, the Myrmidons somewhere. You got the, the, the Spartans over there. And then you have, like, Athens in the middle of it all, this big, thriving metropolis. Nice. And hey, they have beachfront property. More beachfront property now. Yeah, there's so much beachfront property. So much. There's the Colosseum. There's there's one of the temples, houses. Yeah. And and they, they put it there because there's there's two rivers, which means two dragons. Oh, the other one's in a, in a square I haven't claimed. Never mind. There's a dragon there. So a dragon lives in every river? That's what rivers are for, for the dragons. Okay, good to know. I don't want to meet the dragon that runs this river, the one that bisects the... Yeah, the one that just goes straight through the, the whole continent. Yep. <laughs> that's, the, that's the dad dragon. This one's name is Haru. Nice. Anyways, any questions? Oh, jeez. How does uh, this metropolis feel about the uh, lighthouse that's emitting uh, sonic sounds? They appreciate the lighthouse for what it is. But they understand that the sonic sound waves are disruptive to the merf pe- to, to the fish people, and they don't want to interject. But they have definitely tried to send emissaries between the two to try to act as a as as a peacekeeper between the two. But they don't want to just straight up just be like, uh, uh-uh, here's how we're gonna fix this. But they're trying not to interfere too much. It's more this like, yeah, they kind of just act like mediators. Interesting. Uh, what sort of, what relationships does this metropolis have with some of the other settlements in the area? Um, they perceive it as, as amiable, that it's, that it's, you know, totally, um, peaceful. They do look down on them a little bit, though. Um, mm-hmm. there is a sense of, we are better than you. We're just waiting for you to realize it. And in the meantime, we shall, we shall play mediator to you all. Of course. <laughs> you know, like Athens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think in the spirit of uh, it being our last turn, uh, the Sea Society over here starts to explore that cave that they found underneath the ocean, revealed to them by the Gyarados Blast. And uh, I think that they start finding... Yeah, okay. Uh, a wealth of those Magitek crystals. 
uh, that could be turned to interesting uses in their own society with their own like underwater technology. Uh, maybe not for, for trains and the like, but I'm sure they can find some use for them. And uh, it sparks off a whole uh, technological revolution for this uh, undersea society. Nice. Uh, how does the the fishing village feel about the fish people getting um, this new technology? I think they're nervous about it. The sonic technology that they created uh, made the the fish people nervous. So, the fish uh, fish people having like any sort of advances that might strip them and that they might use against the, the fishing village is uh, starting to make them nervous as well. I think it might start a bit of a of a, a cold war tech wise between them. <laughs> no one's going to do anything until they're sure that they can uh, win something. Uh, on a similar front, how do the uh, Turkidians feel about? Uh someone else having the supply of these crystals now. I think that they're, uh, because the Aquatic Kingdom is uh, hoarding them for their own purpose, and I don't know if they had much of a trade relation before. I know uh, Tarquinius had one with this merfolk village, like the Selkie one, uh, but not with the the more Mm -hmm. fish-oriented ones on the other side of the continent. So I think they're they're fine with it, as long as uh, the merfolk don't, like, start selling them on land, which I don't think there's a dangerous danger of them doing anytime soon. Okay. Fair enough. Alright. Then I guess it's my turn. I think I'm going to... Hmm. Oh, we got this little island out here that we haven't really done anything with. Uh, it's gonna look terrible. Okay. We're gonna say this little island out here. I don't know how to draw it. This has, like, a little fey village on it. Oh, Because we haven't done anything with that, with, like, having fey in here yet, and it is on the list, so. How many Tarquinians have they, have visited there never to be seen again? Oh, probably a few. (laughs) Like, I don't think it's, like, an exceptionally alarming number, but there's probably been a few that have uh, gotten themselves trapped. Yes, trapped. Or Eden, or something. <laughs> what is their relationship with the Selkie people? Uh, I think they're probably on good terms with the Selkie people. Or at very least, respectful ones. But yeah, I feel like that's kind of a friendly, somewhat neighborly relationship between them. If a bit, like, playful and maybe mildly irritating at times. Wonderful. Okay. I think that's about where we wanted to wrap up after, yeah, after 10 turns. So that's the end. All right. Yeah. So we do still have one more step. End in the game. What happens to your deities at the end? The game is partially intended to be used to create a world for you to play other games. So it's perfectly reasonable to just end the game where you'd like to pick up. However, if that's not your plan, then here's a list of questions for an epilogue. Uh, Eventually, the game is going to come to an end. As mentioned previously, the game ends after rounds, when all the tiles have been filled, or when everyone at the table feels like you're at a good ending point. Once you reach any of these points, finish the current round and end the game. To end the game, all you need to do is discuss the state of the world and provide an epilogue for each deity. Our Pantheon was made so you can use the world you created, as a setting for future games with other systems. This ending period can be a place to further seed ideas you would like to explore in these games. Of course, it can just also be an ending. 
more than a few of these worlds can end with an apocalypse. Discuss how among yourselves how you feel the game should end and what the state of the world is. Uh, also consider the state of your deities. Consider these possible outcomes for your deities. Different deities can have different outcomes. If you're spieling spicy, roll 1d6 and use the result as an epilogue. Continuation, exhaustion, emboldened, departure, annihilation, and mortalized. Uh, I think the world is in a nice, it's a nice place. Mm-hmm. Aside from the casual minor war we started. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does that war ever get resolved? I'm sure eventually. I don't know how it resolves eventually. I feel like it gets resolved when both sides forget <laughs> what they're fighting for. Really? Uh, the fishing village or the aquatic <laughs> people don't try to infiltrate the fishing village and take over very slowly and destroy all the sonic technology? That is also an option. And turn the fishing village into <laughs> a, a colony for the sea people? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, we didn't have a lot of conflict in this one. Uh, um, so yeah, I feel like and I don't feel like our deities are like threatened in any way. Uh, we haven't created like the worst thing on this like on this <laughs> map right now is like maybe the sky people are getting some magic berries and they might eventually turn their eyes upward. Fae creatures don't seem to be as as long as they don't make peace with the squirrels and the exactly moose. then then yeah as long as they don't make uh, peace with the squirrels especially they'll be that's not happening. Like, yeah. I guess there's a vampire there <laughs> peace exactly peace with squirrels and beasts. Squirrels and meese do not know peace. Yeah, I guess there's like a vampire out there eating souls, but like they just really seem interested in eating souls and continuing to live. So I don't think they're a threat to us. Yeah, I mean, and the Dawn Guard might get rid of them at some point. Yeah, exactly. I know Eden's like, especially since the vampire is stagnant uh, and isn't contributing anything to the world and just like taking from it, uh, Eden's definitely like patroning them. Yeah. Patroning them. Yeah. Eden's like, I could just kill it. <laughs> they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. They're just feeding off of society. Yeah, they're just a leech on society and provide nothing in return. Mm-hmm. They should be cut off so society can flourish. Let me kill them. And then there's one person who's like, <laughs> and there's this one person who's like, but if you kill them, then you're a murderer. Like, that, <laughs> that's not how that works. Vampire doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think for Eden at least, uh, Eden's emboldened. All right, seeing your powers create wondrous things has emboldened you for better or worse. You are feeling stronger than ever. How does this change your relationship with your followers and your fellow deities? I don't know. I don't like our deities didn't actually interact all that much. Like we had little like semi OOC conversations, but uh, not like anything where mm-hmm. we were like fighting. Fighting, we were pretty amicable. Um, so I think. Yeah. How about your followers? Because you seem to have a lot of followers. I feel like she she stills just giving nudges. Uh, she's not like trying to. She'll give signs and portents and like nudge them in certain directions, but she definitely believes in free will. So she doesn't want to like force them on a uh, a path or like create an avatar to send down and tell them what to do. Uh, what do you attempt to take on or over? Are you successful? Maybe uh, she attempts to take on. Uh, a, a, pre, a peace initiative between the sea folk and the fort and the uh, fishing village, and maybe the meese and the uh, and squirrels against the sky folk. But I think that one's going to be ultimately unsuccessful. <laughs> All right. 
What is something you missed that ultimately leads to your downfall? Uh, shit. Uh, I missed... Do we have to answer all three questions? You don't have to. I feel like it doesn't lead to my downfall. Oh, I don't know if it leads to my downfall. I'm going to leave that open because uh, I like leaving that mystery. But uh, the Skyfolk are getting quite a lot of berries, even with uh, the Mies and the squirrels fighting them. Uh, and they do... What if they rec- like? What if they like eventually ID you because of the berries? Or what if they gain enough power to fight the gods themselves? Because the sky people are arrogant as fuck. God, they think because they're different and unique and magically inclined uh, that they're that makes them better than everybody else. And I think they're probably gonna like go toe to toe with the Athens people eventually. Because mm. Athens also thinks themselves. I mean, I'm sure everybody thinks themselves slightly superior than everybody else. That's just that's just people's nature. Uh, but Edenian. Actually, you know what? Eden in itself is a good city name. Yeah, I think Ath- not Athens is just Eden. Interesting. Yeah. No, that was. Have fun with that ego. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm feeling kind of nice about that, I wonder how Eden's definitely like oh. <laughs> especially Eden, especially since you picked emboldened Eden's just like well this is my city <laughs> I guess I have to have to help them and protect them and push them in the right direction mm-hmm. alright Kelsey what about Briar uh, I think I think I'm going con- continuation for Briar Alright, is this stagnation? Sorry, you continue existing as you are, and you have and have more stories to be a part of. Is this stagnation? Are you bored? I don't think so. I think she's fairly content. Just, like, try to help things along to continue growing and keep everything kind of together. Alright, what is your relationship to your continued followers? It's good, but distant. I think she's kind of not directly involved in a lot very often um there will be nudges she just lets nature take its course yeah unless uh unless for some reason she feels she has to get involved to stop something worse from happening but (laughs) discover oil put it down (laughs) put that down right now that's where it came from or so help me (laughs) yeah (laughs) Guys, I've created this wonderful device. It's called a frag. It it, it frags. Oh, what happened to it? It got destroyed out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What do you do to maintain balance? Um, try to help along the ecosystem so that they are still developing and changing as the societies change and generally probably try to make sure that like there are enough resources that society can do what it's gonna do without stripping the planet of things as much as she can all right and i'm feeling spicy so oh no annihilation oh no (laughs) you cannot go on and have reached seemingly the end of your existence do i die with a bang a whipper or something else no you i guess um you know what? <laughs> you know what? Eden Eden does have a big barrier around it, a big old wall. Um, it makes sense that Tarquinius would be the first line of defense. So I think I think that like 
Tarquinius is an unfortunate kind of like a, a, a warning sign to the other gods when the the star touched people managed to kill them. Shit. Oh no. <laughs> How does this affect your followers? <laughs> uh, probably a lot. Since, like, without me, the, 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 the two pathways I created that have my protection on them probably lose my oh, protection. No. A bunch of people are being uh, eaten by, <laughs> by the Taoe now. The Taotie and, um, and, 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 and the Bogwitch. I think the Bogwitch probably isn't like, I'm going to immediately start snatching people off this road. Uh, people have definitely got to watch themselves harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I ever be revived? Uh, maybe. Maybe one day. I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know if that would, like, lessen it. I'm kind of inclined to be like, no. Shit, People okay. now have to live with that. It's your decision. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so that was our pantheon. <laughs> See, God and the whole time, I was kind of looking at it and I was like, I hope I don't get mortalized. I don't know what I would do as a mortal. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, cool, one above it. And I was like, sure. You've read the, <laughs> the Apollo Beck books and you don't know what you would do? I don't know if I could survive as Apollo did. Like, <laughs> who, 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 mortal, who, who, just kill me. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that was our pantheon. What did y'all think? It was interesting. Um, yeah, very, very quiet year. I know it's still. Um, I enjoyed the map and the coming up with shit. Uh, I just like feel like like the, the chaos cards didn't do enough to introduce chaos and discord and shit into our yeah. world and give us conflict. Because I mean, players I think tend towards like uh, unless you're a certain kind of player. Uh, I want my creations to flourish and thrive and good things to happen to to my people and my gods. Um, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. At least for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna pull my punches a little bit, um, but yeah, the chaos cards had a uh, had the ability to like shake things up, and they could have done a little bit more. Yeah, I kind of felt like me being the god of ba- borders and pathways and stuff created a little bit more chaos than the chaos cards did because I was like, I need to have a reason for people to be in pathways and to build borders and stuff to keep themselves yeah. safe. They need to be safe from something. Mm-hmm. So I had to create the monsters. I had to create like the bog and all that stuff um, yeah. to act as real dangers for the people in this world. I think uh, one of the things I always like for a game that's a little bit more freeform like this is like tables. Like at the end it had them, which helped a lot with us coming up with uh, some, mm-hmm. some good epilogues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, s- some more like, yeah, uh, here's, you know, during the map phase, like here's a bunch of explanations or like ideas of what you could uh, come up with. Even just like examples, I think always helps, mm-hmm. especially when you're tired yeah. and you're having a hard time thinking of some shit. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. When 1230 hits, you're just like, uh me right now <laughs> but it was really fun building on like the previous stuff we'd come up with yeah it yeah. was and i do like the setup stuff it has at the start like i know we've done palette boards for things before mm-hmm. as well yes as a part um, of the more game. games should have palette boards they should like, they're good both for safety things and also just for giving you something to look at when you need an idea yeah 
Like, let's say you're, like, even for, like, D&D, let's say you're playing D&D, and you're just like, I don't quite know what I want to do next. You just go look at the palette board, and you're like, oh, cool, I'll go build an Archimedes Death Ray. Every game needs an Archimedes Death Ray. It does, which is funny, because they don't actually work. In a world but where magic exists. It's fiction, so who cares? So do Arch- Archimedes Death Rays that work. So do functional Archimedes Death Rays. I do think, though, that this would probably really work for creating a game world. Mm-hmm. At least, like, a good starting yeah. one that, uh, like, your GM or, I guess, the group as a whole could build off of, depending on what you're playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see this as, like, a, I, I see this as a legitimate continent in, like, most fan mm-hmm. mo- most fantasy TTRPGs. Mm-hmm. It would be a good thing to, like, incorporate into a session zero or, like, point five for a game, too, for just mm-hmm. uh, figuring out what you want to play with. And where you want to start things off. Like, alright, let's make the Pantheon, let's make yeah. the world, let's Especially create that, conflict. Like, <laughs> sort of implied uh, five-turn uh, game time. Like, you can't, I feel like you can't get a lot of, unless you're, like, <laughs> pushing for conflict, you're not going to get a lot of conflict within five turns. <laughs> yeah. No, but that would be really good for, a, like, session zero, what yeah, does yeah. everyone want to do with this game type of a... Uh... Thing. I think it also I think it also helped that we kind of lent ourselves mm. to cooperating. I would love to try this again with like antagonistic gods. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not necessarily even gods that hate each other, but like yeah. a god of war or a god of death. Like we kind <laughs> we kind of chose tamer people, domains. <laughs> we did. Like, we chose domains <laughs> that were more interested in <laughs> Building a, building a society that functioned rather than uh yeah like like i'm sure that if th- this would have like this would be a very different world if there was a god of war. oh yeah that uh mm-hmm. at least two or three civilizations would be neck and neck like sword and neck right now and or wiped out mm-hmm. like i would love to play this with like full on t- not not necessarily full on antagonism but like the, the like the explicit mm-hmm. acknowledgement that societies will end, like ages will pass, wars will happen, and, societies are and maybe going that to like uh, that sort of like ages uh, structure would help. Like uh, this is like we have like yeah. three or four turns in mm-hmm. your first age, mm-hmm. uh, two or like three or four turns in your second age, and like so time and like technology progresses by a stable. Oh, I just had a. A genius idea of, of, of like even taking that a little bit further. You play the first age as one god, the second age as another god, and the third age as another god. <laughs> as like sort of the rise and fall of uh, how society sees these gods and uh, which gods are important and come to the fore. I like it. Yeah. Like uh, look at look at look at um, mm-hmm. Greece. Uh, like Athens going into Rome. You had Athena and Zeus as, like, the top dogs, and then you go over and it's, like, Mars and Jupiter. Athena was still one of the... Athena was still one of the top three. still war gods, but... In Rome. Yeah, it was, um... Was she? Got it. I thought it was Bellona. They had, like, a a top... It was, uh... Yeah, the the main goddess and goddesses were Jupiter, Jupiter, Juno, and Minerva. Yeah, I thought it was Bellona, not Minerva. That was, like, the, the top... Huh. Yeah. I didn't know the the Romans cared too much that about was Minerva. The big triad, as I recall. <laughs> Poseidon, then. The Greeks liked Poseidon, <laughs> the Romans didn't. 
And they were like, fuck Neptune, let's go to war. <laughs> but yeah, no, like that, 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 that is, like, I'm like, oh, that actually sounds really fun. Watch literally the rise and fall of the same civilization. That would be interesting as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually really fun. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, 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 you guys played Quiet Year without me. I was mm-hmm. busy whenever you did. Um, so I've never played a game like this. And like, it is so much fun. Like, I love world building. Mm-hmm. And a world building game is just so much fun. It is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we we had a lot of fun making this. Like, making this world of, that we made. <laughs> Our little tea of chaos. Yeah. We had, we had a lot of fun doing this tonight, but kids, it's important to remember, if you're going to create a world, you know, think about the people you're putting into that world. Think about, think about them and their lives. You can't mm. just rent, you can't just, you can't just create worlds. You need to think about the worlds you're creating. And cue the, and one of you can put in the, uh, the after school special music now, right? We absolutely <laughs> have after school special music. <laughs> that is DMCA Just get it from Yakuza. That will not get us sued. Do, 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 do. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, every time somebody says, we had a lot of fun tonight. But it's important to remember. <laughs> <sighs> something, something environmentalism. <laughs> <laughs> Only you can stop forest fires. And landslides. Only you can defend... <laughs> <laughs> only you can defend the, befriend the sea serpents and stop punching them in the nose every year only you can kill gods yep also uh d- don't go to war with the moose you will lose <laughs> well, the we're doing okay for now <laughs> dun 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 yeah I don't know I don't think I have anything else of note to say about all this but yeah this is a good time it was mm-hmm. really fun alright Kelsey, why didn't you why didn't you do the promo bit since since I never get it right? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you can find this podcast socials at RollWithItAP on Twitter, Instagram, Blogspot, and TikTok. Um, you can also find us at just roll with it on coffee, which uh yeah, go go support us there if you want to. Uh, we would really appreciate it. And you can also find some merch from us on Redbubble. We have our logo and the uh, when are we stopping for Boba quote from Big Gay Road Trip and tangentially related to tonight's episode, we have a Prometheus did nothing wrong design inspired by... Uh, um, by our Aegon game from back at the beginning of this year. So yeah, go check out all of that stuff. And you can find me over at the Chaotic Super on itch.io, Patreon, and Twitter. Uh, I'm Corey. Uh, you can find me at the Invulnerable Tide, most places on the internet, including uh, theinvulnerabletide.com, uh, theinvulnerabletide.itch.io, and Invulnerable Tide on Twitter. And you can find me at Islanders Caper most places on the internet, Twitter, Instagram, occasionally TikTok. Um, yeah, most places, that's my username. And also you can find a portfolio of a bunch of stuff I've worked on at uh, kelseylynclary.wordpress.com. Exant, pursued by a demon bear. <laughs>
thank you for listening to Just Roll With It and our arc of our Pantheon Legends. We had a lot of fun with this game and would definitely recommend you check it out if you're looking for a quick and easy to play GM-less game or a world-building tool for your own group. You can pick up your own copy at dwoboil.itch.io. Once again, please note that the game has received an update since we played it, so there may be some differences between the version you get and the version that we played here. As always, thank you to 8er41 on Pixabay for the theme music that you are currently hearing. These links, as well as any of our socials, will be in the description. Another update since we recorded this episode is that Spotify now lets you leave ratings on podcasts. So if you enjoy the show, please rate us there or wherever you happen to be listening. We would really appreciate it. We'll be back in two weeks with a new game officially kicking off the second year of this podcast, as wild as that is to believe. So until then, thank you for listening and don't forget to just roll with it.